0: The main point that I want to drive home today is that the world is the form of temptation. Uh, What you'll notice inside of your life uh, after you become, uh, after you have your heart transformed, after you get connected to Christ, and that is that um, evil has an offer, right? Evil offers you uh, something, And that is, you'll be going along in your Christian life and you're getting rooted, you're getting connected, you're growing and all these different things. And then the allurement happens. And that is a form of temptation or something that will cause you to get sidetracked and and shift your focus into another location. And the offer is made and it's set. But what we don't understand is because it's not made in a verbal form and it's not saying, Hey, I would like you to um, deny Christ and walk this way, right? No, what it does is is it offers uh, some form of substitute or something that shifts your focus. And then all of your time, your energy, and your attention goes to this other thing and you begin to shift and you lose focus and you lose sight of the main thing and what is important. That's the way that it works, right? And so these offers are made. And the text that shows this the most is uh, Matthew 4, 8, and 9, when the devil took uh, Jesus up on an exceedingly high mountain, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said, all of these things will I give you if you fall down and worship me. And so what we get from this is that evil makes offers. And it's something that is enticing, and it's something that is alluring. And so inside of your life, that could be a a overwhelming job offer that requires you to leave home and work, you know, 16 hours a day or whatever it is, right? And so you'll get enticed by the money, but you don't consider the sacrifice that is being made to get that money. And so the offer is always enticing. Uh, If it wasn't alluring, then it wouldn't be a temptation, right? And so within every temptation there, it falls within the category of the world and its systems, right? Uh, Whether it's worldliness, whether it's worldly lust or worldly pleasure or worldly fame or recognition, and all of these different things, they all are for the purpose and intention to divert our attention to another location. And it's all in the realm of the world and in system. And this is why when the devil took Jesus to the high mountain, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world, the world was the temptation. Okay. And here's the reality is that everything inside of the world uh, could be used as a form of enticement. And that is, uh, let's just say, uh, sex, for example, sex is a normal function. It is something that you were created. Uh, with, was something to enjoy and it was something to be used for the procreation and, and for humans to, to procreate and to fill the earth. Right. Positive intention. But then you have the corrupt version of the world that wants to offer its substitute and say, this is what actually uh, sex is supposed to be about. Right. And then they offer the allurement and the substitute that is enticing and it works hook, line and sinker and men are hooked uh, into the, to, to that system. Um, And here's the reality is that's, that's what you're going to face. And the different areas of your life, the world, is the temptation and the perversion and the way it's twisted and corrupt. So let's look at the, uh, a couple different translations of this real quick. It says, again, the devil took him up on a very high mountain, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world, their glory, their splendor, their magnificence, and the excellence of them. So here we see the description of the world is glorious and splendor and magnificent in excellence. And the reality is, is nobody's tempted by a crab sandwich. And what that means is that the same way that it works for a fish, right? It has to uh, look like something that's appealing and enticing. It has to sparkle, right? It has to catch the attention of the fish and go, woo! that's why it's called a lure. You're luring the fish in to take the bait. And the reality is is that we are the fish. And the world offers its bait. It's something that's shiny, splendorous, and magnificent, and excellent. And we look at that and say, wow, I would like to eat that. I would like to partake of that, right? Another example of this is with Adam and Eve in the garden. And that is that the fruit looked appealing to the eye and, and and it was thought to make them wise and they'd become like God. And all this was shiny. It was something that was magnificent, something that seemed excellent. Well, that sounds like a great idea. And that's exactly the way the logic of the world works is to pose something to you that sounds like a good idea. And that is, you know what, I'm not uh, being sexually fulfilled or whatever. And, and the neighbor has made the offer. And, uh, you know, this uh, this sounds like a good idea. It sounds like something I might enjoy, right? And that is to say that it is something that is enticing and something that sounds pretty good. Yeah, good idea. The other translation is the WNT. It says, all this I will give you if you kneel down and do homage. And here we get an idea of what evil is looking for, and that is homage. We'll get into that a little bit. ISV translation says this, I will give you all of these things if you bow down and you worship me. And that's the point that I want to focus on here just for a minute, is that you're going to have to bow down. You're going to have to fall down. And this falling down, what what that actually means, we don't get it. You see, Eve didn't understand that to partake was to fall down and to give homage. And that is whoever we listen to and yield our members to, that is who are we are yielding ourselves as servants to, we are the servants to whom we obey. And that is if we're given into lust and temptation and all these different things, we are yielding ourselves to that lust and we are actually enslaved by that lust. And that lust is the thing that is actually controlling us. But what we don't understand is when we make the choice, we're falling down. Let me break down to what this means to fall down. To drop oneself to a lower position. We see Eve partaking of the fruit, the fall. That's why they call it the fall. It was that they were uh, basically paying homage and then bowing to the will of evil. And what happened was that they dropped to a lower state and to a lower position. And the second definition is to cease from competition or resistance. So here's Jesus. He's being offered the kingdoms of this world. When the devil goes, I will give you all this, the offer And then he goes into the sacrifice, the requirement to get that. Is that you're going to have to bow. He was saying that you're going to have to take a lower ranking position that you currently hold right now. And that is a position underneath me. Where you begin to yield to me, where you begin to submit to me. And the bottom line is, is is it's a place where you no longer offer resistance against me. And that's what's evil saying. We as uh, believers, we take an active stance of resistance against evil. And what that correlates to is that we say no. And that is if we feel like something doesn't align with uh, Christ and with the spirit of God, we rise in resistance to it and we say No. And so giving into that, bowing to that and dropping down and saying, you know what? I'm going to stop my resistance to you, which correlates to the third definition means I'm going to submit and I'm going to yield. You see, evil comes with an influence and that is an influence to get you to behave and to act in a certain way. And we have a decision whether we want to yield and submit to that influence or not. And the fourth definition is this to bend the head, the body, and to knee in reverence or shame. Okay. And that all is talking about getting to a lower position of submitting, of yielding, and stopping resistance. That is, if you never knew what evil wanted, that's what evil wants for you to stop resisting. Evil wants everyone to worship. You see, Satan's an egomaniac. And that is, he thought to himself, you know what? I'm not going to submit to the will of God. I'm going to exalt my kingdom. I'm going to exalt my throne. I, 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 I. it's all about him. He's an ego maniac. The only thing that he wants is your glory, your time, and your attention. He wants everyone to worship. And this worship means to kiss him or to lick him like a like a dog licks his master's hand. And what that means is to fawn at him and to begin to show him affection, to crouch before him or when he says something stern that you shrink back in fear. All of these things are, are what evil wants in, inside of your life. Uh, he wants you to prostrate yourself. And begin to submit, pay homage, adoration, and basically that you are a instrument to be used for his purposes. And that you submit uh, to his will and that you be devoted to his ways. Now, what's the problem? Is that Christian men are not resisting. And that is, they're not saying no. You see, the grace of God that that, that has been given us, it teaches us. And that means that it empowers us and it equips us to deny ungodly and worldly lust. And what that means is that he gives us the ability and the empowerment to say no. You see, inside of temptation is this, is that there's always a way of escape. You see, God will not allow us to be tempted above that we are able, but will with the temptation, making a way of escape that we may be able to bear it. And that is to say that that is exactly what we have in front of us, is that we are tempted when we are drawn away of our own lust and it's enticing. And there is a way out and the way out is a door and a choice and a rising up in resistance and saying no. You see, here's the reality about temptation. God has provided the way of escape and he tells us that we have to submit, therefore, to God and to resist submit and resist and that there's no way out of this situation without an active stance of resistance and Christian men in general are not resistant with that. They're not just, they're not saying no. And it is because they have accepted the substitute and they're yielding to that. And they find a lot of pleasure in that. And they actually want to do that. And so they they, they won't say no problem number 2 is that a lot of christian men are caving under pressure and that is they start first with an active stance of resistance but then somewhere along the way they uh they they leave their position and they stop trusting god and they begin to cave under pressure uh problem number 3 is that they're yielding their bodies as instrument of unrighteousness you see inside of the uh, uh the book of acts you know, we're not under law, which means we're not under legalism and that we're not required to keep the 613 commandments and we're not required to fall in line with Jewish tradition, all these different things. But the inside of the book of Acts, we are given uh, the things that are, are essentials and that cannot be compromised. And that is the worshiping of idols and the, the fornication and drinking uh, drinking blood, Right. And I often wondered about that one, and I think it's because of this, this uh, uh, elitism and the, and the thing that's going on uh, with the blood. There's going to be a lot of different things that uh, correlate with the blood. There's a lot of rich people who are who are getting uh, blood transfusions and and uh, all this different stuff for young men to prolong their life. And there, I don't know. There's something with evil with the fascination of blood. Um, so, but the other two are talking about where your heart is located as far as idols and that you're serving and worshiping the Lord God and serving him only. And then the other part is connected to fornication, which is pornania, which is everything involved with inside of the sex trade, whether it's paying for it, whether it's providing it, whether it's participating in uh porn pornography or whether it's, it doesn't matter anything that's connected to Uh, Sexual immorality. And it's clear that we're taking active stance and resistance to these things. So what's the last problem? Is that uh, Christian men in general are fawning at the devil's goodies. You know, as far as adultery concerned, Jesus said you can't serve God and money, Right. And that is to say that we can't serve uh God and the and and the sex goddess either. And these things they challenge our allegiances and they take uh possession of our lives and we begin to be enslaved by those things. And so the problem is is that many men are just fawning at the devil's goodies, and that is that they they take the bait, hook line and sinker, and they abandon their mission and abandon their purpose. And this is correlated to the depression and to the funk and to the lack of fulfillment and all the other things that are that are carried on inside of men's lives because of this one issue. So what's what's the pain? The pain is this. Is that when lust and evil is running amok inside of our lives, so is guilt and shame. And not only that, but what I've seen and what I've noticed is that men who are engaged inside of those activities, what happens is that they put the mission on the back burner. And the reason why they do is because they don't feel qualified, right? Because they, they don't feel like they're measuring up to their own standards and convictions. And t- how can I teach anybody else, right? So allegiance has to be settled and the, the sexual perversion and immorality has to be settled for us to begin to progress with God and to go further. And that is to say, you know, there's a lot of ministers that might, uh, uh, be preaching to others, and they might fall back into that immorality. But what we know is that it always comes back to haunt them, and they they get figured out, and they get caught, and they they get all these things, and we see it in public display, you know, inside of uh, inside of the news whenever a Christian minister falls because he's engaged in those kind of activities. It always comes back to haunt you, right? You can't take a hot coal in your pocket and not be burned by it. It will burn. Uh, it just sometimes it takes a little time to burn consequences, shame, lack of focus and purpose, uh, no fulfillments. All of these things are attached to the pain. But What's the possibility is that just like Christ was tempted, understanding that his temptation had to do with the world and knowing that homage and worship is required, then we begin to set a negative association with temptation. And that is that it looks alluring, right? And that it appeals to the eyes. But if we attach the negative association and we go, this is a offer from evil, and this evil wants to steal my joy and my purpose and my mission inside of my life, And it wants me to divert my focus and attention to another location so I can begin to go into a lower state and a lower condition underneath evil so it can begin to sway and influence me to do its will. Now, if that ain't a negative association, I don't know what is. But this is the reality that God wants us to open to our eyes so we see it as it really is so we can develop a disgust for it. Because here's the reality. If it's a wonderful, beautiful pie and it's just wonderful and it has all of this stuff, then who wouldn't partake? But if it's a pie that's loaded with cow crap, right? The negative association with the pie, if I know that there's manure inside of the pie, I don't want to partake no matter how pretty it looks. Okay. And That's the negative association we have to get inside of our mind that, yeah, it looks like a wonderful sandwich, but it's a crap sandwich. It looks like a wonderful pie, but it's a cow pie. And getting that negative association, which actually empowers us to take an active stance of resistance and to say, no, here's the reality no matter what the world offers, obsession is required. And that is that it's going after your time, your attention, and your resources. And sooner or later, you're going to end up bowing and paying homage to the offer. You're going to bow down to the almighty dollar. You're going to bow down to the goddess of sex. Whatever it is, it's requiring your homage. It wants you in a lower state and condition. It wants you to fall. And are you going to be the person that bows? Are you going to be the person that fawns at the devil's goodies, right? There's no dotted line that we sign. No, it's not like the devil comes with a contract and says, you know what? If you, all this, I will give you here. Just sign the dotted line. No, your act of focus and attention and begin to gravitate toward that and make decisions, that's the dotted line. Okay, and at any time we can recognize what's going on here and say, you know what, I'm being baited. I'm being allured by evil, and this influence is trying to get me to go to a certain direction, and I'm not going. You see, everything requires a sacrifice. And that is that if you want whatever it is, you see, if Eve wanted the apple, they were sacrificing their royal destiny. They were sacrificing the garden. They were satisfa- uh, sacrificing their connection and all these different things. They didn't know that they had to go all in. And so, understanding this, that the offer is always all in, it's always. If you're going to uh, partake of this, whether you know it or not, you're going all in with it. And so having that mindset helps us develop another negative association. So can we look at Christ and say, you know what? The grace of Christ that he resisted evil and he said, no, he said, I ain't going to bow. I'll worship the Lord God and I'll serve him only. And he set the pattern in the uh, pattern of active resistance and understanding this, that his power and his spirit is on the inside of us to empower us to do the same. And that is that he gives us the gumption, the power, the strength and the ability to say no. And we begin to embody the assertive nature of our king who said no to evil, that we stand in active resistance, that we say no also. And basically what we're saying to the devil and to his offer of the world, that I am telling him to go pound sand because I'm going to worship the Lord God and him only am I going to serve. All right, brothers, I'll see you again soon. Peace.